Jesus said, as the Father loved me, I too have loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. This is my commandment, love each other just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than to give up one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I don't call you servants any longer because servants do not know what their master is doing. Instead, I call you friends because everything I heard from my father I've made known to you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you could go and produce fruit and so that your fruit could last. As a result, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. I give you these commandments so that you can love each other. The Gospel of Christ. Scholars of the New Testament, or credible scholars of the New Testament, do not believe that Jesus said any of these wonderful words that we just heard. Matthew, Mark, and Luke come earlier. John comes much, much later, decades later even. And instead what John gives us, rather than a historical or a literal um, approach to what Jesus said and did, John gives us here and elsewhere, a very imaginative take on what it feels like to be in relationship with Christ for a long, long time. And it feels like, according to this passage, a friendship. It's a highly imaginative and I find very comforting description of what it feels like to be loved in that way. And even though Jesus might not have said any of this, and it's likely that he did not, it's nevertheless, even though imaginative, a very accurate, realistic, comforting, and compelling description of what life in Christ really feels like. Jesus said, no one knows greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. I do not call you servants or slaves any longer but I've called you friends. If we imagine the images of John's gospel being like a garden, and you see all these flowers on the surface of the garden, it prepares us to think about how deep down the roots are of the flowers or the images that we see. The roots of, of friendship are very, very deep if we look below the New Testament. In the Hebrew scriptures of the Old Testament, there are countless stories about good friends doing amazing things together. There's all manner of poetry about the meaning of friendship and its relationship to the divine. My favorite passage that has to do with, with friendship um, that may be deep down in the soil from which John grows this image comes from Wisdom 7. In the middle of, of the Bible, there's something called the Apocrypha. It's a couple of hundred years period between the end of the Old Testament, Malachi, and the beginning of the New Testament, Matthew. And there was all of these um, 
books that some churches don't read, we in the Episcopal Church do read the Apocrypha. And there's a book called The Wisdom of Solomon, and Wisdom Chapter 7 is particularly lovely. It's talking about wisdom, and as always in the Hebrew Scriptures, wisdom is personified as a she, because in the Hebrew language, spirit is feminine. And it says of wisdom, she is more mobile than any substance. She is subtle, she is pure, she pervades all things. She is humane, she is loving the good, ever listening. She's the very reflection of God. And then the chapter concludes with this. In every generation she enters into holy souls and makes them friends of God and prophets. That wisdom is what makes people friends of God and creates friendship. I want more of that. I want more subtlety and humanity. Wisdom is also deep in the heart of every human culture. One of the things pastorally, when somebody's going through a tough time, that I often ask is, let's say someone has been a diagnosis or, or, or going through a tough time with a, with a spouse, I often ask, do your friends know what you're going through? Have you told anybody? One of the great temptations in life when we go through a tough time is to withhold it, to keep it within, not to share it with anybody. And nine times out of ten, if we would just let our friends know, they would do anything for us. And what I think is so unique about friendship is that friends often have a perspective that family members just can't have because they're too close. Friends often have that perspective of subtlety that wisdom says is a gift of the spirit, a gift of wisdom. Friendship is also one of the great joys in life. I love hearing, as I often do, Someone talk about being reunited with a friend, seeing a friend that you've not seen in a few years. And very often I hear someone say, it was great to reconnect. It was as if we didn't miss a beat. We picked up right where we had left off five years ago, 10 years ago. There's sometimes a timelessness that comes from great friendships, especially that last for decades. And I think that too is an experience of the transcendent. That is an experience of a gift that we cannot control and even though we participate in it, we know that it's a sheer gift from God that we could never ever create. Jesus said, no one knows greater love than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. It's an imaginative and compelling an incredibly comforting description of what it feels like to be loved by Christ for decades, even for eternity.